Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. My name's Tony Stringer, and I'm a Managing Director in Fitch's Global Sovereigns Group. I'm joined today by Ed Parker, our Head of EMEA Sovereign Ratings, and the lead author of a recent report on sovereign debt burdens in Sub-Saharan Africa. So Ed, we've seen a fairly big transformation in the level of access to bond markets and other sources of international borrowing by African sovereigns over the past 20 years or so since the highly indebted poor countries debt relief program. Your report suggests that debt levels have risen in the intervening period back towards where they were before HIPIC was implemented. But how serious is that rise in debt and what impact is it having on our ratings? That's right. Government debt has been rising quite steeply in sub-Saharan Africa and faster than for emerging markets as a whole. Just to illustrate that, the median government debt to GDP ratio of the 19 Fitch-rated sovereigns in the region has doubled since 2012 to 56% of GDP at the end of last year. And the proportion of Sub-Saharan Africa, or SSA, sovereigns with high levels of interest to revenue is back to the sort of levels that we saw before the first debt relief under HIPIC in the early 2000s. Also, Fitch believes that debt tolerance in the region is generally lower than in other emerging markets, owing to relatively high dependence on commodities for fiscal and external revenues, shallow local capital markets, low tax revenues relative to GDP, weaker levels of governance, and less robust economic policy frameworks. So against that backdrop of rising indebtedness, the average SSA sovereign rating has declined to B plus from double B minus at the end of 2012, and downgrades have outnumbered upgrades by nearly three to one. Okay, so what have been the main factors driving the increase in debt among African sovereigns? And and perhaps as a follow-up, apart from the actual levels of debt in nominal terms or relative to GDP, What other risks relating to public finances are influencing ratings for us in in the region? Well, the HIPIC initiative lowered debt service burdens, which allowed countries to increase spending on health, education and social uh, services. And each dollar invested in Africa can have a huge potential rate of return. So it shouldn't be surprising that many countries took advantage of not just lower debt service burdens, but also use the fiscal space from debt reduction to run larger budget deficits and step up investment and other spending. And at the same time, the opening up of the Eurobond market to SSA sovereigns and the expansion of Chinese lending to the continent provided an opportunity for them to increase their borrowing. So if we look at Eurobond issuance, then at least for the Fitch-rated countries in Africa, excluding South Africa, then that soared from an average of just over $1 billion a year between 2006 and 2012 to $7 billion a year since 2013. And in terms of Chinese lending to Africa, the John Hopkins University estimates that that was some $143 billion US dollars between 2000 and 2017. Then that secular trend of borrowing was exacerbated by the impact of the slump in commodity prices in 2014 and the depreciation of exchange rates for countries which have high shares of debt denominated in foreign currency. In terms of other factors, as well as the amount of debt that we look at, 
I would say the quality and robustness of public finance management has been an important driver of the rating. And I think it's fair to say that that's weak across several countries in the continent. Mozambique is probably the most famous case where the revelation of large hidden debts was one of the triggers for its sovereign default. While in the Republic of Congo, weak information on debt service and systems for making payments was another factor in their 2016 default. Several countries, including Gabon, Ghana and Zambia, have at times run up significant payment arrears, which is a signal of weak expenditure control and or biting finance constraints. And in Zambia, weak control over the contraction of new debt and value for money of uh, related investment projects is one of the factors behind ballooning debt levels there. So there's a school of thought that SSA countries have to some extent squandered some of the benefits of the HIPIC debt reduction programme by re-leveraging their sovereign balance sheets over the past decade. Is that a view you subscribe to? And if not, what other factors that might support a more nuanced view? No, I, I don't think that's the full story and, and I don't think it follows to say that the HIPIC debt relief has necessarily been wasted just because public debt has risen again. In our research we find that medians of GDP growth, total investment to GDP and percentile rankings in the United Nations Human Development Index all improved for Fitch-rated SSA sovereigns after they pass their HIPIC uh, debt relief completion points and relative to other countries in Africa that didn't take part in the uh, debt relief initiative. So that suggests that much of the extra spending has been put to good use and has delivered lasting benefits. Of course, that's not to say that every dollar has been used wisely. And of course, some countries have used debt less productively than others on white elephants, public wages, subsidies, or patronage. And also, in many cases, new borrowing has been a high interest rates in the global eurobond market or at short-term maturity in the local capital markets or on opaque terms from certain bilateral creditors. Finally then, with debt levels now more elevated, is the risk of a full-blown debt crisis rising and are we likely to see a wave of new defaults among sovereign issuers in the region? For many countries, the post-HIPIC window of opportunity is now closing, I would say, as debt has risen to more risky levels. Mozambique and the Republic of Congo have already defaulted since 2016, and we downgraded Zambia again to triple C only last week. And if countries continue to contract non-concessionary public debt, at such a rapid pace, then yes, they, they do run an increasing risk of debt distress. So I think they'll need to adapt their development models to become less dependent on high rates of public borrowing or to accept a slowdown in the pace of growth and gains in human development. So in terms of ratings, if we see further rises in public debt burdens, then that will likely trigger some further downgrades across sub-Saharan African sovereigns. But conversely, if countries do manage to adapt growth models by implementing reforms such as raising domestic tax revenues, encouraging FDI and, and private sector investment, implementing growth-enhancing structural reforms, 
raising standards of governance to reduce leakages through corruption, then we could see some positive racing actions or at least reduce the likelihood of negative ones. Thanks for sharing those insights, Ed, and thank you for listening. You can access the full report titled Sub-Saharan Africa Debt Burdens Rising along with our other sovereign and economics research on Fitch's website. We hope you join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.